0: So this is a season three. Actually, guys, I'm sorry, but it is also episode three. Oh. Um, so here we are. Season three, episode three. Boom. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Andy Littleton. I'm from Mission Church in Tucson, Arizona. I'm sitting a... Af- Across from my puka-shelled friend Eric, Puka-shell. Sheepin, <laughs> from the village in uh, here in Tucson. And did you know, Eric? This is a side note. That there's a new trend on Instagram called Visco Girls. Visco Girls. And they're all wearing Puka Shells. Puka now. shells. Did you know that? No. So you your necklace is back to back to well, back look, to super cool. Like,
0: well, Puka Shells like were pretty popular in like oh, yeah. the real early nineties. Oh yeah, I've done it. And, I've been and I noticed that the styles have now we've moved all the way yeah. to the eighties. We've just hit the yep, early nineties. Yep. Um and so yeah, the Puka shells will be I'm I'm hoping you're, six months. Probably. You're like
1: a good Diner, like the one that never remodeled, and then, but now you're like, thank goodness they never remodeled because it's so trendy and so so retro.
0: It is, yeah. (laughs) Well, look, in my opinion, the early '90s and mid '90s were the best styles. Oh man, they they were much better than the '80s. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I can't handle the high waisted pants and the. The lack of bell bottoms and the The not, lack of bell bottoms? Like, oh,
1: I can handle the lack of bell bottoms. And
0: the 90s had good bell bottoms versus, like, you know. Like they were just the, boot cut. Boot cut with a little ripped out instead of the, like, full on oh, bell bottom. Oh, that's hilarious. I yeah, like, that. yeah, well, it's very 90s, oh, right? gosh. And everybody still does it. You see it. They just don't, they'll use the book, boot cut as much as Anyway, why are we talking about this? Our, our podcast is about discipleship <laughs> and we, we went all we, over the we, map. We
1: jumped off of some, some, um, there was a cr- some heavy critique of the church that you brought up by somebody, and somehow we landed on discipleship at yeah. the end of it all. So, actually, it flows pretty natural if you think about it. I, I loved it. This was a fun podcast. Yeah, same, so
0: enjoy. All right. Down, check, check. We're good to go. It's good to see you, Andy. Hey, good to be here. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. It's a yeah. true
1: Faith Over Breakfast for me. I'm eating a carrot cake cliff bar
0: Uh, and you got some coffee which i think you made at home Uh uh-huh you make coffee at home
1: yeah or my wife did oh let's be honest let's
0: be honest. thank you okay okay. yeah so anyway yeah this guy his here's a here are some of the overt and covert themes from my experience of christianity that i have found toxic over the years Ooh. and so then he has things like who is this now this is dan coke i think c-o-c-h
1: I think I've heard of him. Okay. Human, what was the band he was in?
0: Oh, gosh. It's a pretty popular band, but anyway. Mm. Um, Nickelback? Yeah, Nickelback. <laughs> no, it wasn't Nickelback. <laughs> uh, I'll remember in a minute. Human beings are primarily in, intrinsically sinful and evil. Mm. Because humans sin against God, they are deserving of eternal suffering and torment. God uses Hitler-esque violence to discipline those who are disobedient. God's truth can only be found in biblical text. The body and its desires are wicked. The Bible is completely free from contradictory positions on God and the godly life. Masturbation is unholy and sinful.
1: Why do you throw that one in there?
0: I don't know. I'm just reading the list. That's
1: interesting. <laughs> I've, I've like It's like the... <laughs> Problem of evil and masturbation.
0: (laughs) 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 Totally. I mean, this is such a guy list. You know that this is not going to be. It's like this is what I've heard this
1: so many times where it's like somebody's like masturbation. It's like, okay, so I know what you're struggling with. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It goes on. It's the pastors and those in leadership are somehow holier and deserving of more intrinsic worth than those who are not. Mental illness is caused by demons, and they need to be cast out for people to be healed. We, I mean, there's a lot of these, but these are things that you and I. So, deal so, with. so, um, he's going to do podcasts dealing with these different subjects. Oh, so we're getting ahead of the curve. We're ahead of the curve. Um. Okay. So
1: maybe for the intro, we.
0: I just thought I would read figure out what band
1: he's in because I don't know what band anybody's in. I mean, you yeah. Know. People would be like, Oh, you know that one guy in the band? Drummer? Drummer? No. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know who's yeah. in there. I
0: gotta say though, Andy. What? You're looking pretty good today. Thank you. Like I love this shirt on you. Like I don't think I ever see collared shirts on you. I Usually, um this one I, I
1: wear from time to time. Yeah. Usually not on a Tuesday.
0: <laughs> not on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Is this more like I gotta go talk to clients look? Or is um
1: this... I will be talking to some
0: people today. Gotcha. No. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hey, before we get into these deep subjects,
1: I just want to thank the folks over at Cliff Bar <laughs> can we, for the carrot cake Cliff Bar, because that was actually really good. Yeah. And that was surprising. Um, it was
0: pretty, pretty tasty. I'm done
1: with it. <laughs> I feel like I can climb a mountain you can climb in a my mountain. color <laughs> shirt.
0: But I want to say, like, you are going to be examined Friday. This podcast yeah, won't come out until you- Yeah, going to Right, you are going to be examined by a lot of theological doctors. Oh, that's yeah. That's probably true. And, uh, or, you know, or like, at least masters. Like you. Masters. I will not be examining you.
1: Well, yeah, but you will be, though.
0: I will be looking at you carefully. Yeah.
1: <laughs> From a distance. I, yeah. I get a vote.
0: So I get to vote. Well, um, but since you've already paid me pretty well, I, I'm like, you already have my vote. Oh. So. And yes, so this podcast is going to come out after. Yeah. So I either
1: will or will not be, uh, a commissioned pastor Com- in a Christian Reformed, Reformed Church, Church um, which Ooh. puts me at odds already with uh, Dan Cook's first yes. um, grievance. His first
0: grievance. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I think that's exciting. How do yeah. you feel about it?
1: Um, I feel pretty normal. I mean, I'm like, I'm yeah, I. It's been talked about for a long time, so I'm like, let's let's, let's do, do it. Let's do this thing. Let's right. do it. It's yeah. pretty cool.
0: Yeah, you've been getting studying up, and you know your forms um, mm. of Christian reform, things like you know the three know. yada yadas of the government. Three forms of unity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I had all, to memorize all that. You know, you my, memorized? No, you didn't. I did.
1: No, you didn't. You did. didn't memorize the Belgic confession. I
0: didn't, but I memorized its major points. Wow. Um, my examination was two and a half hours long. Wow. In front of about 150 people. Wow. Well, it was intense. I have That's what
1: I have to do. I'm going to fail.
0: Yeah, you're, I don't. I think I got yours to be down to 30 minutes apiece Okay. Each thing. Yeah, wow. I, I pushed for some. Thank uh, you. Some reform. <laughs> Because it is a Christian reformed, oh, reforming, reformed yeah. church, so yeah.
1: Man, I'll tell you, I had, uh, I think they they took it easy on me on the old learning plan that they um, that they give out hey, to potential candidates. You had
0: it harder than me. Really? I didn't have to do any of it. Oh, okay. So,
1: well, so you got your two-hour long examination. Right. I, I had the longer learning plan. Yeah, you had the longer learning plan. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, so I'm well, doing let that. Let us say two, two hour plus exam. And you may, and they let you in. They let me in, even though I gave a very unorthodox answer to how I would explain um, infant
1: baptism. Mm, okay. So, well, you said um, something to do with with alien life forms. And I did. There and... I
0: started. I actually started with how would I, I, I? They asked the question. I said, "Okay, well, I'm going to reframe it, and I'm going to tell you oh. how I would answer to somebody who doesn't know Jesus, oh. but was asking me." Yeah. Why people baptize infants? Oh, interesting. So well, that's a good it. way to answer. I right? answered it from that perspective. Oh, cool. Because it's e- one, it's easier. I could you know bring oh, yeah. it down to some more <laughs> simplistic things, but also it it just it makes more sense to me that way than it does. Well, that's kind of what matters. Yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't. It's yeah, that that I don't, matters, we, we don't have to talk about infant baptism. But anyway, I, I thought today because you got whether a doctor Abby or somebody's got a doctor's appointment. My wife has a doctor's. Okay, appointment. so yeah. yeah, you guys got important things to do. Yeah.
1: So so. Uh, we could just talk. Well, no. I mean, this. Uh, first of all, first of all, how do you get this list? Why are you? What? Do you you Have, must be bored out of your mind to be looking at somebody's list about all their grievances. Well, it's just
0: in my Facebook feed. Okay,
1: so you saw in your Facebook feed, this yeah. guy's got his grievances. Yeah,
0: because he's starting this podcast, so I've been kind of interested in in what, mm-hmm. in what way. He's going because he's he's definitely coming out of evangelicalism. Sure. And um and he has a hard time with it and so this podcast is really built to- This is like man, this is like the thing right now. I mean
1: I don't know. It's just uh you brought up before the article by John Cooper of oh, yeah. Skillet. Yeah, which-
0: we were gonna talk about Skillet
1: um let's and just so check. let's go that direction because look kinda... i mean i don't remember what band dan coke is from but i remember his name yes. from it's probably it's hardcore of some point of some form right or uh, something no
0: it's actually pop it's like pop. california pop california pop let's let's let me find out what band he yeah get that, that.
1: Yeah. but um i mean john john cooper was the f- was or is the front man of a band called skillet which in the he's rock is. World of Christian music is much more. um, It's not so much on the fringe. I mean, it was once on the fringe because all rock was on the fringe, but um, but he he took a very different take. He was like he kind of. It seems like he there was a Facebook post where he sort of went off a little bit on all the deconversion stuff and and kind of questioned like, a Why are you? why are you converting to deconversionism? Why are you making this like this huge public thing where you're getting a following and you're starting a podcast and
0: that's like, okay, I don't. Right. So he, he's talking, he wrote an article and the article is mostly based on this idea that they're some major people in Christianity yeah. who have deconverted very publicly and then invited people into their deconversion as if they were starting a new religion, starting a new religion,
1: and then which I did re- I did resonate with, I, and then and then his other thing, which I thought was a good point, that is perhaps we're platforming these young talented people in Christianity way too quick. Um, and he even included himself, and, and I, I think there's something to that. And I, frankly, I wanted that, and for some reason, it evaded me. And you probably, want
0: you wanted to be platformed? Oh,
1: early on, yeah. I was like, I want to be, I want to be speaking at these big events. And then I went to the total other end of the spectrum. Was like, I don't want to be a leader at all because people are going to see my flaws, which is you know, and they do.
0: Um. Yeah. Well, right now he's connected to Wayfair Hymns, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, sure. I, I mean, it's a name I'm familiar with. So yeah. like I
1: said he, so it's interesting. You know, this one guy who's Christian music world, whatever, who's like, Hey, this is, why are people doing this? And then this guy's starting the podcast and making, he's going to make a career on it. It's like, I mean, I feel like I'm like, okay, this is, this is the way of, of, uh, of Gunger and the bad Christian podcast. And it's like, people who are in the music industry who got a big following right who um are now making a
0: career out of kind of going after the brokenness of, of the, the church, church.
1: Yeah. And it's like, that's great. But can we imagine doing that to like our families? And I'm sure some people have, but like who doesn't have a broken family? And what if like you capitalized on and made a career out of just exposing all of the things about your family that you thought were stupid, which by the way, you're going to grow up and your kids are going to look at you (laughs) and say, you're stupid. So Dan Koch, the, the version of religion that you create, somebody will one day critique Right. Um are you ready for that, you know? Right. And uh, well, which and I don't I don't. So know. here's I mean, here's
0: my my thought and question for all of that. Yeah, I mean you're you pastor of a church that primarily is millennials. I mean mm-hmm. you do have you, you do have intergenerational, but you do have a major population of millennials. We do. I would argue our church has a major population of slightly older millennials, mm-hmm. but a little bit more intergenerational because we're older in the sense of just being around longer. Yeah. So What is your feeling um, and experience of millennials as they come back into the church and as they interact with church that might be different than, like, say, me and Exer or somebody older than me, and the way we approach it, the way we think about it, how we understand it?
1: Well, it just uh, let's see. I mean, in one sense, I want to say things are far more drastic. Like, I think the the Exer so. Let's just let's go back in another generation. My dad is of the like was maybe, you now, early boomer, if you will. He's older, maybe on the tail end of the silent generation, perhaps. Yeah. I forget where the the
0: cutoffs are. Yeah, the cutoffs don't matter. I mean, he's older. Right. He's a parent of you. Great. Right? I mean, yeah. yeah but that's he-
1: so. So one of the yeah, and in my lo- in my book where I talk about my dad, I'm I'm, I get into this thing about his faith and it turns out and he he shared this he never talked about being sure of himself or so positive he had incessant doubts right um but the way that he dealt with his incessant doubts was that and he wasn't hiding them but it wasn't like his new platform it wasn't his new thing he actually pressed forward into them i would say like he doubted Um, Stuff about the scriptures, so he continued to read them on a regular basis and he saturated himself in them and he didn't like just throw them in the trash, right? And he had his doubts and some real frustrations with the church. It didn't, in many ways, it didn't fit for him at all. Um, But he... But he went like consistently his whole life and he didn't let that thing, that those discontinuities, he didn't just throw it in the trash. So there's that. Right. And then I think that the the next generation may be yours, um, maybe sped that up a little more of of kind of thinking differently and going okay maybe i don't have to do this but it wasn't as drastic i would say like a deconversion in your generation might have happened if somebody was well we just walked away because nobody cared about us yeah nobody was paying attention but you didn't capitalize on it you didn't make this big thing it wasn't not the whole world didn't get an announcement from you that i'm not you just were like yeah i'm just not going we just wrote a book you, yeah. <laughs> Called Generation X, and that was it. There you go. And then it feels now as if it's always drastic. And that's Very now, true. now that's not true because I, there's, I think there are folks in our community who are full of doubts who are actually still plotting forward and, and working sure. on it. And we've had people who've come back to the church who didn't like, that wasn't their big social media thing, you know, and, and, um, so that it's not,
0: we're, we're, Painting in broad strokes. Well, we should paint broad strokes. It makes you uncomfortable and that's good. Oh good. Thank you. Yeah. You don't like to, to paint in any broad no, strokes, but, but broad strokes are good.
1: They're, they're okay. okay. Everybody all millennials are drastic. That's they, it. they tend to yeah. be. But it, it just it's feels it feels there. like it's it's all or nothing. It's it's if I'm if I'm not sure about this, I'm gonna throw it in the trash and I'm gonna go wholesale into something else. I'm right. gonna I'm gonna go run headlong into something else. Right. And uh, or I'm going to create something myself, and it's going to be my big thing, and I'm going to make a, and it's probably going to be my career because I don't want to go to work because I want to make my own schedule because I want to rule my life, right? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That's the kind of stuff that. Yeah. You see. That my my think,
0: think What I ex- what would you say? Yeah. Well, I think what I've experienced, and I, I like what you're saying because I do think there's a there's a more drasticness to it. I've also experienced that there's just this. Uh, uh, like for exers, for me, my generation, we didn't think that necessarily the institution itself was fully like the the theology was a mess. Mostly, we thought that it was being applied wrong, like it, okay, politically, there's something needs theologically to be tweaked
1: perhaps, but it's not the whole things. Yeah, well, just corrupt. our parents
0: just didn't understand it. They they right. read it wrong. Oh sure, they read the text wrong. That's kind of where I, I did that a you know, lot. Like I, well, I looked and you at, and I are almost in the same. We're close. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: definitely did where I would I would go, I'd hear something taught in a church and I'd go, I don't know about that. And right. I'd go read it and I'd go, I really don't know about it right. now. Does anybody say anything different? Yes, they do. Right. Okay. I could consider that. Right. But it was much more nuanced.
0: Yeah, and I I think we did that politically, I mean, outside sure. the church and inside the church. Whereas I think millennials like actually feel like they can come in and critique the institution, change the institution. It doesn't matter if it's the church or not. I think. Malini, oh no, I think any, it's across the board any it's, institution.
1: It's like the CIA is all garbage. Right. Like, right. I, you know, okay, you gonna be the right. Central
0: Intelligence Agency? And they and there, it seems <clears throat> to me that because politically and socially, it is how they've grown up. Mm-hmm. Like the schools have taught them that they can build their own institutions. Yeah, and the and, and the, the
1: structures th- are inherently evil. Yes. And that they need to be dismantled. This is postmodernism.
0: Yeah, it's like it or remnants is, of or and echoes yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. And there's a lot going on there. But I just think when so I think when we talk about oh well millennials are leaving the church, well my experience is when they come back they have a hard time adjusting okay. even in churches that are that are different like yours or mine yeah, yeah, yeah. um that they they may not always talk about it but yeah. they feel uncomfortable in them because there are all these violations that they're experiencing of mm-hmm. their rules yeah so they come in with a set of rules that they think of the new way of following Jesus or the new political party or the new whatever it is and they need to go into an existing institution and change it or yeah. make it different and
1: they also which i which i think is is by i'm just gonna say is like total garbage like i i had a conversation with a guy now i'm painting in broad strokes you told me to no
0: and i think hey let's get a little you know i was just listening to a podcast that was saying look when we as pastors our job is not to join the antagonism meaning Uh not to join the tribal flag oh sure but we are to be able to we should disrupt people well and when we we disrupt people we can allow people to then begin to reconcile so go for it you just said it's Complete garbage. Well, no, I I think, so the
1: statement that you're making here about millennials and institutions and they have to critique them and all this stuff, I mean, here's what I've observed is that they immediately, and I had this conversation with a guy, I was like, I think millennials love institutions. I oh, think yeah, they love, they love them. them. They can't live without them. Like, what are they doing? They're building a social network. Oh, what's that? Like, oh, it's a bunch of people who are collected around the same sort of ideas who will praise everything you do. And that's kind of an institution, if you will. Yes. And they want to gather people together, and there's nobody is for all the individualism we talk about. Nobody wants to be alone, and so you're leaving this community and you're going to that community. You're leaving the church and you're going to some other you know organization, right, or you're right. or
0: you're joining a podcast network with all your friends. And, and oh, that's a very millennial thing. That's a super make millennial. Your own, thing. Make your own podcast and then you know put it out there.
1: Yeah, but it's still collaborative, and yeah, you're yeah. still gathering your team. And so, I think like for all the talk about how millennials don't love institutions or they critique them, I think they love them. I think they just run headlong into ones that feel comfortable to them instead of ones that make them uncomfortable. And I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna backfire. I think the the one you create is gonna be terrible. Um, to to uh, you know Dan Cook's or Coke or Cook's point about you know the he has a problem with the doctrine of sin. Like, okay, well, how do you think all the, how do you think the church got corrupt? How do you think all the other institutions got corrupt? How do you think your, your podcast is going to fail? Like, does your spouse or kids or friends ever have a problem with you? Is there like, what, what do you, you're not affected, you know? And um, is it, I don't, you know, it's to me, like the doctrine of sin is extremely helpful because it helps me understand that people aren't just out there. Like, I mean, it, people in institutions that I have trouble with, they aren't just sitting there going, "Like, I hate Andy Littleton. I hate. I hate this guy." You know, like they're not. But there's sin in there. So there's there's sins of omission and commission that sometimes they they're just not doing what they ought to do. And guess what?
0: Neither am I. And that impacts Andy Littleton
1: big time, and right. it, it and affects me. And then my sins of omission, like. Like I went for a walk with Phil this morning, and I talked the whole time. Um, I wow, I mean, that's sin. Right. Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't prioritize Phil.
0: Right, you didn't prioritize. And so, like in theology, you would say you didn't have a a genitive, I think, conversation, I think is what it's called. A conversation where you give both ways. Right. No,
1: it was a one way. And it was shorter because I was coming to this podcast early and then I went, oh, shoot, it's over.
0: (laughs) Which, by the way, this podcast is going to be over pretty soon. It is going to be over pretty soon.
1: Anyway, but but I'm just saying, I, hey, you know, I get the critique and it's fine to have
0: the conversation. It's always fine to have the conversation. Of course it's fine to have the conversation. And I think, I mean, we started this conversation with, Talking about the guy from Skillet, and I think his idea in his article was was like that young people. Um, I think it is, and I I don't want to beat up millennials because all my friends are millennials, uh, but young people want to rise to power. Yeah. And they want to rise to influence without being disciples, especially when the church, without having the edges yeah. being knocked off them. And I think all he was saying is, look, you don't deserve to – not deserve – you should not be up there because it's dangerous mm-hmm. to the people that you're leading. Yeah, Unless then you when you go change your mind
1: and make a total 180, like – you can you can well, wreak
0: havoc on people's lives,
1: and it's not just because you're so authentic and you're opening their eyes to the truth. It's
0: because you're ripping the carpet out from somebody who trusted you, right? And I think if you begin to listen to the guy from Skillet, what's his name? Do you remember his John name? Cooper? Yeah, if you listen to his story and you go kind of deep, dive deeply in, you realize that he's being intensely discipled by his local church his pastor and his community is hugely involved in everything that he
1: does which is very different than most people who get the and i've noticed this with a lot of musicians and and this is and the church did the church sin in this yes yes we pushed the musicians out because it had to be we there was one type of music that could exist in the christian world at one point and that was a, a, a really bad move like strategically bad because you alienate a bunch of people it was exegetically bad because the bible wasn't that clear on exactly what music sounded like our our music in our american churches did not sound the way that israeli (laughs) early hebrew (laughs) temple music sounded oh right or Greek whatever greek music sounded like we didn't we didn't nail the bill and so but but that critique should have happened that conversation you know should have and it has now happened um but it's we alienated happening. it's happening yeah but we alienated a lot of people who were who were creative and who were musicians yeah. and then they had to go and and but they wanted to be christians so they had to do it all by themselves or in little communities of their friends who who went on tour and stuff and so then you know i mean, so we don't really have a right to be too mad about it cuz we alienated them but i i mean i think we can confess that right. and and we can move forward but but interestingly and John Cooper being the the exception right like you see what happens when somebody is you know walked with and discipled through this kind of stuff
0: right yeah well and I think maybe to end because you're going to have to leave here I think my encouragement to people as they enter into the community of God especially if they're younger is that they seek out being discipled, that they yeah. look to people who both are their peers and older than them who are walking with God and they pursue them. And I'm just going to give now you- that's okay.
1: that's an interesting nuance you're adding to that. And I like it. Um, the You can pursue
0: discipleship. Yes. And yeah. Can I give you some instructions? Because this is yeah. something that I, not you in particular- No, but I, our, I, our I, I see where you're going. I'm with you. Okay. Is My mother told me, and this is the best thing, is that you- Go to somebody and say, "Hey, I would like to, you to disciple me, and that means these things to me. And in order for that to happen, I will do whatever you need me to do. I will hmm. serve you. So if you need me to clean your house, I'll clean your house. If you need me to watch your kids, I'll watch your kids. If you'll pour into me, I will. I will make it easier for you to do. And it'll be reciprocal. And it'll be reciprocal. And so I will uh, offer you never heard that a service. And I Good think job, that is powerful. It's it's helped me. Yeah." And the people who do that in my life, who serve me and I disciple, it makes it so much more easy mm. for me to pour into their life. And what I get is them pouring into mine. Yeah. They're like, oh, i yeah. being discipled by them, by their service. Have you,
1: have you read the book Bose Cafe? No, I have not. So it, anyway, it's- And we should uh, end on this. Oh, well, should we?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, just because I think you're, I don't want you to be I, late. Uh, just a little bit of time.
1: Um, okay, Cool. Beau's Cafe is a fictional story about a relationship where somebody really you know it's life on life they invest in somebody yeah um and and then and it's this older guy with this younger guy who's going through a bunch of trouble, and then at the end um and I'll spoil it because the it's not it's not the end that's the big thing it's right. the journey but at at the end the the younger guy has to really call the older guy to the carpet, oh wow. Um, and I just thought, I thought that was a pretty cool thing to work out in this like fictional story, but it's like that. And that's, and that's the most beautiful thing because to be discipled utterly one way, um, I mean, that's not what you want. You want a relationship and the person discipling you wants a relationship and they do want you to know them well enough to, to be able to say, what about you? You know? Um, but I do, I do love that because I think I mean, just the truth is anybody that you're going to want to disciple you, chances are they're, they're out there, they're doing stuff. Yeah. And you could sit back and just go like, I want to be discipled. Like, when are they going to come to my house? You know, or you could go ask them if you want to be discipled, ask, ask, yeah, go where they go. Like ask if you can say, Hey, next time you're driving to Phoenix, can I come with you? Like, Oh, I would love that. Like I'm saying, I would love that. Sure. You know? And it's just, uh, and some of the best discipling relationships have come when, yeah, we're yeah. just in the in the area together a lot.
0: Next time you're, you you cleaning the building, can yeah. I come clean it with you? Next time you're meeting with a kid, can I come meet with them? Yeah. Know? Next time you're cooking a meal for uh, people coming over to your house, can I come help cook and clean up? Yeah, Andy, but, you're going to the business association meeting. Can I come? Yeah, absolutely. The, this is yeah. how discipleship works, mm. and you know, I mean, I Very always helpful. Very like, true. Like I, the people who disciple me when I served them. They went like ten times further than I could ever imagine. Oh. Because I, I, I think I mean that's the way I think Jesus it's an as you are going kind of yeah. discipleship. Not a you know, I'm gonna go grab you and then we're gonna go sit down and have a good cup of coffee together. And I will have a and, and I will
1: have a written out plan for the time. Right, and I'll teach this, you this has come up at our church. We're doing our whole next year is on discipleship. This is I've just That's the first time I've announced that. Look at that.
0: Look at that. Here on Faith Over Breakfast, announced discipleship all year at Mission Church.
1: But part of it is like there's, there's this felt need. And we even tried like a mildly programmatic version of some basics of the faith stuff this year. And I feel like it just didn't have the same. Even for me, it's like it was fine. I don't think it was bad. But it just didn't have the effect I think any of us were hoping for. But I do see that effect when when it's more life on life. And so John, my intern right now, man, we're having all kinds of conversations because we are, like you said, we are going, we are doing, we are bumping into things that, you know, like frustrations come up. That's when you really work things out and have a good conversation. Sure. So we we're thinking, man, like, Nick and I aren't going to be able to do that with this church. No. It needs to be a shared community
0: yes. project, right? And so, um, sounds like you must be three years old now. Man, you guys are starting to yeah move into some <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's great, That's and awesome. you've I know you've had all these thoughts. No, so yeah, no, well, they're good. Well, we're going to spend next year looking at what discipleship looked like in a ton of different instances in the Bible, and essentially going like, "There's no book." There's no sheet. There is no, you get this done and you're done with the discipleship
0: program. And none of that. No, it's a life on life forever. Yep. Yep. Together. Yep. And sometime, at some point, someone I discipled may be discipling me. Yes. And hopefully. Hopefully. That would be beautiful. That's the thing that you're looking yes. for. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. Let's, let's do it. All right. That was fun. Cool. All right. Well.